Good morning, saints. Good morning, sinners. Now I can preach. We're all here. It indeed is a great honor to be here on a Sunday morning. In my uh, 34 years of ministry here in the New York Annual Conference, believe it or not, I've done three weddings and a funeral here, and they didn't make a movie about it. But uh, this is my first chance to preach on a Sunday morning at Christ Church, and it is a great privilege, and it's good to be with you. But today I also want to thank Christ Church, because you have played a significant role with the United Methodist City Society and also with our camp, Five Points Mission. Your hospitality has been present to the City Society Board of Directors for more than 40 years when we have had our board meetings here every other month with Inez Grant, who unfortunately isn't here today, being the cook who made us chicken and rice and beans every time we had a meeting. And you've provided those, the, those spaces to us for free. I also want to thank Roseanne and Jonathan and your custodial staff, who have been great at making sure everything is prepared for us when we have our board meetings here. The other thing I want to thank you for is for hosting our Camp Olmsted fundraiser. This year at Camp Olmsted in Cornwall and Hudson, New York, which the United Methodist City Society and our subsidiary Five Points Mission have been running this camp since 1908. And the camp was donated to us by Sarah Olmsted, the sister of Frederick Olmsted, famous for, of course, Central Park and Prospect Park. Sarah Olmsted saw the need for children and their mothers to get out of the city in the summer. And back in those early days, they rode a Hudson Dayline boat up to Cornwall on Hudson and walked up to the camp. Today we use West Point tours and their trailways buses to get, us, uh, to get the kids up to camp. But the final 12-day session is taking place at the camp with about 65 resident campers, overnight campers, and 35 day campers from the Cornwall community. So our camp has become a very multicultural camp in that community and is very well known. Our camp is a place where kids not only have fun, but I believe they are transformed into the children they are meant to be. So for about the last six years, Christ Church has opened up the beautiful space in the basement to us to have our annual scholarship fundraising event, and it has been for free, which we have been most grateful for. Now you, you'll see a little bit about what we do at camp. There's a, a lot of like, is a great deal like the passage from Colossians that we had for us today. We give kids from the city the chance to experience a new life, to, to have a new uh, way of, uh, of experiencing the country, for many of them the first time, to have a new way of putting on a new set of clothes, which of course includes their camp t-shirt, which they seem to love. We give them the opportunity, as Eugene Peterson translates this passage from Colossians, that you are done with that old life, 
Now you're dressed in a new wardrobe. Every item of your new way of life is custom made by the Creator. It's a designer label. It has a designer label on it. And the old fashions are now obsolete. From now on, everyone is defined by Christ. Everyone is included in Christ. So dress by God for this new life of love. Put on the wardrobe God picked out for you. Now that's a fascinating piece of scripture, isn't it? But you need to know something about the church at Colossea. First of all, Colossea was an ancient city that would have been located in modern southwest Turkey. And even though it was a major textile and clothing manufacturing center and the population was predominantly Jewish, the church at Colossea was actually filled with Gentiles who had worshipped many gods before they came to know Christ. But here's the key about all this image of dressing in new clothes. In the ancient church, when you decided to become a Christian, when you decided to follow Jesus, your baptism involved standing before a baptismal tank, taking off your old clothes, being baptized naked, and then putting on a new set of clothes. And so the writer of of this passage from Colossians is referring to that image, that in baptism you become a new creation, evidenced by your new set of clothes. New life was defined by the new clothes that you wore. So what could be more fulfilling than taking a troubled child and improving his life or her life and helping them to be born again, transformed, and given a new set of clothes? I'd like to tell you about one such boy. A young camper at Camp Olmstead a few summers ago, 12-year-old Brian, not his real name, of course, was referred to Camp Olmsted by his physical education teacher. He was in middle school. This teacher wanted Brian to escape for at least a short time the harsh realities of his life. Sadly, Brian was the victim of bullying at school because his clothes were always disheveled and looked dirty. This child from a very poor family had only a couple of sets of clothes to wear. And in reaction to the cruelty of his classmates, Brian began to act out. He began to distance himself from from, uh, his phys ed activities and recess and other group activities, and he began to lash out at his fellow students who were bullying him in self-defense. Well, Brian's teachers and and the administration contacted Brian's mother about his disheveled appearance and his outbursts, but her response was disinterest and aggravation. Social workers tried to change the situation and even threatened to take Brian away from her because of her addiction problems, and things improved temporarily for Brian, but the bullying at school did not end. All too often, Brian was in the vice principal's office, having acted out in some way, crying and continuing 
his hostility for the mistreatment that he was experiencing. But thankfully, sympathetic to Brian's situation, this PE teacher offered to sponsor him at Camp Olmstead for a session. And at camp, the wonderful staff that we have, uh, they knew Brian's history and they did their best to make him feel as comfortable as possible. We gave him some extra camp t-shirts to wear. But you know, Brian arrived with very little clothing and each day, Brian would secretly bring his clothes to the staff, to to the camp office. And one of our staff members would spend the day washing his clothes and discreetly returning to him at night so that he always looked fresh and clean. At Olmstead, this isn't the exception. Every child at our camp is cared for as if they were our very own. But can you imagine what a surprise this was to Brian? People actually cared about it. They cared about his well-being. Giving him a new set of clothes each day to have his feelings respected and his opinion listened to began to make all the difference to him. It was a new clothes moment, just as our scripture reminds us of what happens in the ancient church. Now you're dressed in a new wardrobe, the scripture tells us, Every item of your new way of life is custom made by the Creator. It has a designer label on it. All the old fashions are now obsolete. Well, you know, that summer, Brian made friends with his fellow campers and he even started leading activities within the small group he was a part of. And after one session at Olmstead, Brian couldn't see himself going back home and spending the rest of the summer there, so he asked if he could return for another session. Everyone agreed that Olmstead was where Brian needed to be. And so we found the scholarship fund, uh, funds from churches like Christ Church to help us keep Brian at camp. And you know what? We also found some funds to help him go out and buy some more clothes. When a parent can't provide the nurture a child needs, someone must be willing to step in. That's what's so extraordinary, I think, about our camp at Camp Olmstead. Although Brian's time in Olmstead was really just only four short weeks, his life was transformed. He became a new person. He became a new creation. And he had some new clothes to take home with him. I must tell you, it's such a joy to see the transformation in the life of children that attend our camp. I'm lucky because I get to go to camp twice a week to lead chapel at the camp. And I can tell you the kids eat really well because I manage to arrive at dinner time or breakfast time when I do go to the camp. I go up and I'm blessed, blessed to see kids who start off on the bus when they leave the city uh, on the first Monday. I'm blessed when I see them laughing and smiling when they started off crying, for most of them, the first time away from uh, from home. We are blessed 
to be able to take a child away from the often difficult realities of the sidewalks of their neighborhood in the city. We give them a safe and healthy environment where they can make friends and build self-esteem and and develop leadership abilities and, and develop new relationships and even forge a bond of family. Our camp program can start a child down a new life-saving path, away from the dangerous environment in the city where they may be tempted by the harsh realities of gangs and crime and caught up in violence and shooting. Children at camp find that life can take on new meaning. They are able to put away their old life and shed their old clothes symbolically, as the writer of Colossians tells us, and put on a new life in Christ that will have a major impact over time. Moving kids to become better and healthier human beings and greater children of God. Friends, this is the parallel to what our scripture is about this morning, and so I believe it is with us and our faith. The writer of Colossians tells us to take off the old and to put on the new. It's about taking off the politically correct, the socially right, the morally expedient clothes or facades that we have and begin to stand unprotected before Christ in order to be fitted with the appropriate Christian garb. It's time to make ourselves open and vulnerable to the new life that we are called to in Christ. This passage tells us that deceiving ourselves and trying to fool others is in no way going to help build the kingdom of God. Yes, our passage declares there are some things that that we need to shed and no longer do and still call ourselves Christ-like. We have to take off our old clothing of quick anger and bad temper. We have to take off the meanness which causes pain and heartache with those we love. We have to take off the racist and sexist attitudes that may still exist in our deep-seated thoughts. We have to take off telling nasty jokes which make fun of God's people who may look different than we do or, or whose sexual orientation is different. We have to learn to tell the truth. For all of these belong to old destructive behavior and outdated, outmoded wardrobes of the nominal Christian. We have to take off the old clothing that, that keeps us from pursuing our new wardrobe in Christ. For when Christ comes into, a lie, into our lives, there is a difference. When Christ comes... There should be newness. We become a new creation. When Christ comes, we are transformed. Jesus stands with one word for all of us today. Choose. No more old clothes for me. 
I choose to open myself up for Christ and and allow Him to dress me with the spiritual wardrobe of love and grace and hope adorned with mercy and forgiveness and service to my fellow human beings. When you think about it and, and tying it to our gospel lesson, all that we have comes from God. So shouldn't we be using it for God's service? While I was yet lost in my sins, wearing all the nasty clothes, trying to cover myself, God loved the world so much that Jesus came to die and to rise to new life so that I might have new life. There's a whole new designer wardrobe that I can wear since all of my spiritual clothes now belong to God. Friends, we recognize that Jesus, our Savior, came and made himself vulnerable before all the world. He lived a very transparent life and allowed his disciples to see him at his best and even at his worst. He allowed himself to be defenseless and to let the world watch him die a victim's death. But he rose. He rose clothed in majesty and victory. He rose to dress us with God's love and grace, with right living, compassion, and power to live in victory over the difficulties of life and to treat others as we wish to be treated. I don't know about you, but I want to be dressed by the one who has a divine design for me. So I invite you today to choose to put on a new wardrobe in Christ Jesus. As I was thinking about this sermon and and writing it, an old gospel hymn kept going through my head. All to Jesus I surrender All to him I freely give. I will ever love and trust him in his presence daily live. I surrender all. I surrender all. All to thee, my blessed Savior, I surrender all. Let us pray. Glorious God, when this hymn was written 120 years ago, maybe life was not so complicated. Help me to surrender my life and soul, all my political, social, moral, and even churchy-like clothes, and give myself totally to your loving care. I do surrender all in the name of the one who knows me best and loves me just the same, I pray, Christ Jesus, my friend and Savior. Amen.